section one hundred and twenty four of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox recording by sonia the world's story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section one hundred and twenty four how freedom came to puerto rico eighteen ninety eight by william dinwiddie spain formally released puerto rico from her sovereignty at twelve o'clock on tuesday october eighteenth eighteen ninety eight by the withdrawal of the troops from the capital city of san juan it was the breaking of the last tie which has bound the easternmost fertile isle of the western hemisphere to a galling yoke of tyranny and taxation for nearly four hundred years the dawn of this memorable day in puerto rican history came clear colourless and hot not a cloud dotted the sky and as the sun rose toward the zenith the narrow brick-paved street of san juan quivered with moist heat and in the breathless air the surging crowds elbowed one another for positions of vantage within the narrow shadows of noonday two days before the ceremony every hotel in the town was crowded to its utmost capacity and on the night before the evacuation strangers slept three and four together in the tiny dark rooms whose only source of light was the stained-glass doors opening into a central rotunda suffering all night long from an infestation of humming insatiable mosquitoes in the harbour lay a spanish transport ready to carry home the soldiers while outside on a calm ocean lay our ships loaded with blue uniformed men waiting for the moment when the booming of the midday gun was to sound the death knell of spanish supremacy and give puerto rico to the american government at daybreak on tuesday the last callings of the spanish bugles ran through the town from the quartels of san cristobal and moro and sixteen hundred spanish soldiers prepared to march through the massive walled portals down the narrow streets of the town and out to the westward suburban town of santurce where they were to camp temporarily until the arrival of a second spanish steamer but through the courtesy of general john r brooke commanding our forces they were granted permission to remain in their barracks until all the spanish transports arrived a surrender of the conquered to the conqueror is a sad function from its very nature but in this instance it was far more than sad it was the acme of human misery arising however not from the hurt done to martial spirit but from the annihilation of happy homes the spanish soldiers and guardia civil have married largely among puerto rican women and have become factors in the domestic life of the island the evacuation programme did not provide for a condition like this so the spaniard went back to his own country though only for a time perhaps and his wife and children must weep and go hungry until his return as if in answer to the shrill blasts of spanish bugles came the deeper notes of our own echoing back from without the city limits and soon the steady sturdy tramp of our own stalwart men resounded between the low walls of the city streets we were going to cheer our country's flag and glory in our new possessions they well no one knows what the spanish soldiers felt a mixture perhaps of pleasure in going back to their hillside vineyards of heartache at leaving their loved ones and of well-marked hatred for those who had broken spain's arrogant power as the hour of twelve drew near american soldiers stood before the white front of the balconied home of past spanish governor-generals and in the plaza before the chamber of deputies and the city hall 
and again at the gates of the castles of moro and san cristobal patiently awaiting the coming of the hour around them at all these places were gathered queer interesting and withal motley crowds of american tourists and newspaper men of well-dressed spanish and puerto rican merchants and landholders little talk was indulged in and enthusiasm if there was any was withheld from active expression the minutes were passed in hushed waiting a straining of eyes toward the bare flagpoles and a nervous consultation of watches now it was coming and a long-drawn breath sighed through the packed crowds followed by the first uneasy shuffling of feet the cry of attention caused every soldier to straighten rigidly on his heels except a few poor fellows who had dropped weak and swelting under the fierce heat of the sun and lay uncaring beneath the shaded walls the newsmen craned their necks in eager expectancy and the click of adjusted camera shutters could be heard from every point of elevation at each flagstaff a shoulder-strapped man stood grasping the flag halliers trying them now and again in fear lest they might fail at the critical moment and from their high-perched positions they watched the clock-towers or looked seaward toward the bold rugged fortified castles for the first flash of fire and smoke from the great black guns ding and the little sweet-toned bell of a nearby cathedral sang the first stroke of twelve it was overpowered in its first vibrations by the deep bellowing clang of the great bell on the city hall they answered each other in rhythmic chime the ponderous and the weak one after another until the last echoing thrill of twelve made puerto rico ours the stars and stripes rose gently over every building and were wafted by a new-born breeze as if in sympathy with the rousing cheers of the surging americans beneath and as if in salutation to the roaring guns which belched their smoke far to seaward as they boomed out the twenty-one shots of honour and of freedom it was a deeply impressive ceremony done without ostentatious display done without gold-laced uniforms or martial panoply but well done the very simplicity of the celebration appeals to american hearts our attitude was not that of the dictator but of the protector no bombastic speeches wounded the still sensitive spanish pride no great military pomp caused the teeth of a vanquished enemy to grind in hidden rage we raised our flag softly proudly if you like but we raised it with an outstretched hand of friendship with the floating of our flag over spain's provincial capital of san juan the united states became not only the master of a veritable garden of eden but the possessor of a vast amount of government property in the cities of the whole island permanent structures have been erected in the nature of buildings for officials barracks for soldiers many hospitals and on the seacoast massive stone forts in san juan itself our prizes include two wonderful stone forts whose grey moss-covered walls tell a story of antiquated defences which would however even now offer a very material protection against modern projectiles on them were mounted fifty-six guns new and old twenty-eight of which are fairly modern six-inch breech-loading rifled guns and four modern mortars in the magazines were stored immense quantities of powder and ammunition in fact shortly before war was declared an entire shipload of the most approved projectiles was landed at san juan and now belongs to our government again in this city we now own a five-storied infantry barracks which has been constructed during the last five years and will hold one hundred thousand men it was damaged badly but not beyond repair during the three hours naval bombardment of the city when it was believed that cervera's fleet lay in hiding in the harbour there are two other immense barracks but they are of old spanish architecture 
the quartel san cristobal and the marine barracks the united states also owns a new city hall and a great public building the intendencia both facing the plaza of the city the value of our entire acquisitions runs up into millions of money which have been expanded by spain in furnishing homes for her soldiers and her officials and in the vain attempt to protect and hold the colonial possessions even though in years gone by she has valiantly and successfully repelled all assailants the american officers who had the honor of raising the flags at san juan were major j t dean at the governor's palace colonel gothels of the engineer corps over the intendencia major carson of the quartermaster's department at the city hall and major day in command of the battery of the fifth artillery over moro castle major day also raised the first american flag floated at ponce few troops took active part in the ceremony two battalions of the eleventh infantry at different points troop a of the sixth cavalry at the palace and the fifth heavy artillery at moro and san cristobal all the afternoon however the soldiers were marching from camps without the city's limits until at nightfall several thousand men were scattered through the town on monday night at every street corner stood the spanish guardia civil the official tyrant of the island while sentries of the spanish army were posted near all government buildings when tuesday's sunset came our armed soldiers paced back and forth over the self-same posts while the spanish soldiers without guns though armed with bayonets wandered through the town as aliens or gathered in clusters in animated discussion it was a curious metamorphosis almost at the moment that the brilliant planet venus shone faintly in the waning light of evening a great gun on moro castle manned by men in blue belched forth a farewell salute to day the long white curls of smoke were wafted eastward slowly out to sea and as its billows ascended high in the air the sinking sun tinted their topmost crest with rosy light an omen it was said that the black cloud of spanish cruelty had passed away and in its stead had dawned the pearl and rose-coloured promise of future happiness for puerto rico end of section one hundred and twenty four this recording is in the public domain end of the world story a history of the world in story song and art volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan